Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Lou. Joining me this week, two of my favorites, uh, the best pick and roll combo since uh, Jose and Amir, which is uh, by request that we have. Iman from Dishes and Dimes. And, yeah, hello. And then we got Assad from. Hey, man, what's up? <laughs> Assad from what, man? That's the thing. We, I always want to. Can I introduce the you from the Pick and Roll Show? From the Pick and Roll Lady Show. <laughs> yeah, okay, there you go. There we go. We'll talk about the show in a second, um, which is a lot of you two bickering, which I really thoroughly enjoy. I, I really enjoy your bickering. Um, but first, we have pressing Raptors news to cover. Yes, there's a big big week in the sense that we have uh new jerseys um now this is a audio medium unless you're watching on youtube um but yeah the, so the raptors have unveiled three of their first uh five jerseys that they're going to wear for the upcoming season we have no idea when the season's going to be um iman i'll start with you what are your first impressions about these new jerseys obviously the chevron is like a huge massive piece maybe the only piece of the jersey Why? now yeah, so what, what's your first impression upon seeing these uh, these new jerseys? As a French student, it just brings me back to an accent so complex, and I don't like it. <laughs> um, I don't under Like, why is that what we've just decided this team should be? Is it because it points upwards and it's the north? Because, like, I don't... Is that literally what it is? Because, I mean, yeah. guys, what are we doing if that's the whole point? Um I, I do like the black ones with the little squiggly pinstripey lines. Like, I like that because that kind of has an old school feel. Also, just, like, bring back purple. Mm. That's my feel. Bring back purple. Which it seems like they're going to do, but we haven't seen that yet because there's been little teasers. Yeah, there's a, there's a graphic out there that includes Norman Powell and Terrence Davis, but they're, like, blurred out, essentially. But yeah. people have been trying to doctor the photos and trying to re-engineer <laughs> Yeah. This stuff, it's like I didn't know it was doctored. Like, like I saw, I saw like the, the photo ones in purple light and the other ones in the gold light. Mm. So I'm like, okay, that's the OVO one. That's the, but the the big one that I saw was the people that did the chevron. Like the chevron in the video mm. has five colors on it. Right, Three right. of them they showed. The other two was the purple, and the last one was the gold. Um, so I'm pretty sure that the other two jerseys are going to be like the OVO gold and then the purple jersey. Um, the one thing that's really cool that I did like is the Jordan brand jersey brought back like the retro pinstripe mm. that was on the retro jerseys this year too. So that was really cool. I don't get the Chevron either, to be honest. Um, it's a little, it's a little weird. I was trying to figure out where to place it, and it's really with the red and black one that shows up the most. Where it looks, it looks like the bo- like the bottom of the banner, but not just that, but like the Raptors uprising, the gaming, the Raptors gaming logo has a chevron where it just kind of looks like it's a video game jersey like it's like out of lego world or something i don't know why um it just looks kind of childish um but otherwise like the white jersey looks dope the the black the jordan brand jersey looks really cool um also i'm pretty sure i don't know if someone's gonna have to do some digging but i feel like og ananobi might be signed to jordan brand um he was rocking jordan last year he rocked a lot of different shoes but it they really pushed the OG in that Jordan jersey, and they had him in a couple different looks. 
I saw one where it was OG dunking and they had the Jordan logo behind him. I don't know if that was a custom editor or not, but that was uh, pretty cool. So I feel like Jordan, uh, he might be a Jordan brand athlete. But other than that, I thought they, I thought they were generally cool. I think like with the Raptors color scheme, you can't really go wrong. So it's like half of the league's color scheme. Uh, the, the color scheme being similar. I mean, it kind of looks like the Bulls uniform. There's like an old throwback, um, like Michael Jordan era Bulls uniform that it's like black and it has red lettering. That kind of looks similar to that one. I agree. That's probably the one that I like the most. Although the more I'm looking at it now, the white one with like the red striping, I mean, it's really simple and really basic, but I do think it looks kind of clean. Um, as with all jerseys, I feel like it looks awful on the rack. And then when, they, when someone actually yeah. puts them on and there's like flesh and body to it, yeah. then you're like, all right, that looks a little bit better. But uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, the logo just looks kind of like weirdly corporate. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. yeah, it's like a, it doesn't have any personality. Like it went from like the Raptor logo, which the dinosaur has all this like super lively and it's like cartoonish, maybe too cartoonish to now where it's like completely devoid of it. It, it looks like, <laughs> like Ernest and Young. Yeah, like, <laughs> like an insurance company kind of. But then they made logo. it fancy by like putting in their triangle without a bottom. Mm. Um, my whole thing is like the Bulls are an iconic franchise. They have the red, white, and black. The Blazers have the best jerseys in basketball. They have the red, white, and black. Why are we trying to duplicate? Like we're not going to beat either one of those jerseys. Let's just find our own lane. Let those teams rock. That's how I feel. Yeah, I wish I had more purple. I do think though, like with the white jerseys, at least like. Just having the chevron in the middle with color. I've never liked all white jerseys for any team. I've just always thought they were boring. I thought our white jerseys were boring before. I hated them when they played because, like, it would make our older players look even more washed than they normally are. Like, Kyle would look. Are you just talking about Mark? Yes, I'm talking entirely about Mark. Mark (laughs) looks horrible in the white jerseys. Even Ibaka looks slow in the white jerseys. So, like, adding a chevron, I think, just makes them look a little more lean. Um, The one thing I've been told is comparing, like, off the rack to in person is that the, the jerseys that we see on the rack are usually like the like the, the pressed ones, like the, the come off the press or whatever. Um, the real ones usually have much better material and have actual like stitching, stitch mm-hmm. letters. So that's usually why they look better on the players because they have better quality jerseys. Uh, wow. but yeah. you, you, you got sources in the... Uh, that's what I got told. <laughs> in the clothing line, like what? <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, okay, so one thing I think people have brought up a lot is that, so on the three jerseys that have been un- unveiled so far, none of them feature Toronto on the front. There's been a lot of, like, North t- kind of trying to brand it as Canada's team. And whatever, man, the Raptors, yes, they're the only team in Canada. A, a lot of Canada supports it. Obviously, there's tons of Raptor fans outside of Toronto. But, uh, I mean, given that the three of us are, you know, all from the GTA region, like, you know, I... It, I kind of it is feels Milton weird. the GTA. No, no, okay, come on. Asad is from Mississauga, guys. Come on, that's not fair. <laughs> He's no longer the GTA region. <laughs> um, GTA No, but seriously though, why can't we get Toronto on the jersey? Does this bother you guys or not? So much. Like, we should have at least one jersey that has Toronto on it. Like mm-hmm. it feels kind of like it's it's kind of ridiculous that like every jersey just has to say Raptors on it. And the only reason is because, oh, we need to be able to sell in Montreal. Oh, we need to be able to sell in Alberta. And it's like, man, I don't really care. That like worked. that's like that's like all it really is. And we always every all our jerseys are like main colors are the Canadian flag colors because they just need it to be like simpatico with them. 
Um, and that's also the other thing. I think the New Jersey, like with the Chevron, the Chevron kind of has a similar shape as the leaf on the Canadian flag jersey. Like it has that point, which I think is kind of what they're trying to do. They're trying to make yeah. the Team Canada jerseys look as much like the Raptor jerseys and vice versa, just to create like I guess brand awareness. Mm. Um, but it is a little bothersome because like you kind of forget that the team's in Toronto because everyone's like, oh, you want to live up in Canada? And it's like all the way in Canada. And it's like, well, there's Toronto and there's the Toronto region. And then there's the rest of Canada, which is completely different. Um, culturally, it's different. Um, and just like climate wise is different as well. So it seems a little weird, but it is what it is. Yeah, I hate it. Like, especially because there are city jerseys in the NBA. And I think this year the Raptors might have had uh, one that's at Toronto. But like, why do our city jerseys in years past just say North or like other things? It's not what a city is. Also, like the NBA should kind of be like, why, why doesn't Canada as a country try to be pushing for Vancouver to get a team back? Why are we trying to take Toronto's team? I feel like the Raptors are such a Toronto or GTA based team, just in terms of the fan base, the people who like it, the generation that's sort of growing up. It's very, it's very representative of what the GTA looks like, of the makeup, the sort of growth of the team. Uh, when we talk about Canadian players in the NBA, they're primarily from the GTA as well. I just think this diversion to include St. John and Halifax and all these other places, it's like, would they like it less if it said Toronto? I don't understand. Like, are we really pushing them away because it says Toronto? Or are they still going to be Laker fans because that's what the rest of Canada is anyway? Um, I mean, you know what? Do the rest of Canada really follow basketball like that? I, I feel like there's like a in lot playoffs, of like maybe. CFL kind of coverage. I don't know. I mean, I've only lived in Toronto, <laughs> so you know, like if someone else listening out there is probably rolling their eyes at this. Um, but I, I do think that like, yeah, I mean, the, the like the Raptors being from Toronto, I feel like that should be front and center. I think that's by far, in terms of NBA players, like I think they recognize Toronto more than anything else. Unless you're Danny Green, who went to Vancouver and got robbed. Uh, shout out Danny Green, a <laughs> two-time champion. Congrats. Uh, but, you know, that that did happen. Um, yeah, and I just, I feel like, I don't know, man. It just feels a little bit weird to have that completely detached. Because I, I do think that, like, outside of Toronto, obviously, a lot of, there's a lot of maybe inter-Canadian jealousy. Um, Toronto, obviously, being downtown Canada. Um, you know, <laughs> six million of Canada's, like, 30 million people live in Toronto. So, uh you know, that's, that's a pretty big share and then people kind of hate on it. But at the same time, like Toronto has a unique culture. Toronto has always supported the Raptors. Like the arena is always full, even when the, you know, games are trash. And um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just feeling kind of protective, but it just feels like people hopped on when it's hot, but you know, it's always been Toronto's team, which is, uh, I mean, hopefully look, they, hopefully they put it on the city Jersey at least. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm just saying, because, like, you go outside Toronto, like, you like there are so many Canadians that you'll see on NBA Twitter that are actually, like, Cleveland fans or, like, Denver Nugget fans. And it's like, oh, well, He's you know. He's talking about anyone particular? Don't, we don't. We're, why would we be Toronto Raptor fans? And it's like, all right, mm-hmm. then why the hell can't we get a jersey that says Toronto on it? It's like, oh, because it's Canada's team. Like, yeah. Get out of here. It's ridiculous. I agree. That happens a lot where you get, like, oh, well, yeah. Here's the thing, like. Even if it was Canada's team, because it's Canada's only team, it still exists in Toronto. And I just feel like if you live in Edmonton, you should have a problem cheering for something that says Toronto on it and not Raptors. Because what do the Raptors have to do with Edmonton? Like, I'm pretty sure the Blue Jays don't hide from putting Toronto on their stuff. I'm pretty sure I've seen a Blue Jays thing with Toronto across it, as well as just the regular Blue Jays on it. So, like, and they're the only baseball team in Canada, as far as I know. I don't know. I don't watch baseball. I know nothing about baseball. That's more of, you know 
outside of Toronto area. Sport. I was gonna say that, like <laughs> that speaks to the demographics of baseball who watches baseball. Yeah, but relatively when, speaking, you know, as compared to basketball. But like if that's the people you're marketing to, they don't seem to have a problem rooting for the Toronto Blue Jays. So yeah. why can't we put Toronto? As someone who listens to Raptors over everything, I'm aware that Will Lou watches baseball. You clearly <laughs> Well, you know, I, I look uh yeah, look, you know, when the Raptors got eliminated, I got real depressed. I was searching for anything that said Toronto on it. I was watching baseball. Uh, shout out to the Blue Jays for the shortest playoff run, man. Two games. It's really like a game in one inning, too, because they gave up like nine in the first run- inning. But no, I, I actually used to be a big Jays fan, but uh, no, I've come to my senses. Um, to be honest, the Jersey stuff, it's it's cool. I mean, it's, it's just a Jersey. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, whatever, whether they look good or not, it doesn't really matter to me. Um but my question is, what is the worst Raptors jersey of all time? Because I feel like there's a couple of options to go with here. I'll start it off because I have a vivid, I can picture it perfectly. Uh, but that camo jersey. Yep, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> that's the one. That's exactly that, what I was going to say. Is that all we're talking about? Yeah, listen, um, this is not a podcast that supports uh, armed forces anywhere, really. Uh, it's just in general. But yeah, I mean, it just didn't look that great. And I, I think it hurt that the year they unveiled it. I think that was the year Jamal McGlure played his last year with the Raptors before transitioning to be an assistant coach. Um, he was essentially Udonis Hazem at that point on the heat, uh, just yelling at people and wearing the camel jersey. And it was like Jared Bayless out there and maybe Bargnani was out there. Like, I, may, I maybe it was just that, but that was probably the worst one for me. But um, uh, There's uh, another one. Okay. St. Patrick's Day jerseys. Do you remember those? Yes. Celtic jerseys? Yes. Yeah, those, like, why were we the Celtics? <laughs> Oof. Those are not great. Uh, talking about jerseys, since like I agree with you, those are the two worst jerseys. The worst jersey fiasco, though, of all time mm-hmm. has to be game one against the Nets. The first time we were back in the playoffs with the Bosch oh, era. We're man. the home team. We deck the entire oh. crowd out with red shirts. Our oh. team comes out in white jerseys and the Nets come out in their red alternates. Listen, like, what the hell did it was it had been a long time <laughs> since the Raptors made the playoffs. Game ops were, you know, they've grown a lot <laughs> since that. And then we lost. They, they've learned. They've learned since then. Yeah. That was, that was bad. I, I, when you said worst, uh, when you I, when you said the worst jersey uh, snafus, I, I thought you were going to refer to when the Denver Nuggets started selling white pride merchandise. <laughs> Do you remember that? Because the jersey, because the because the jersey titles are like association statement pride. You know, like instead of just home away and like alternate, <laughs> they have specific names. One of them is pride, and one of them were selling white pride. Guys, oh diversity matters in the boardroom, okay? <laughs> this That's is horrible. why we need diverse boardrooms. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, no, I'm pretty I, sure those camo no. jerseys also came in a jersey. Uh, there was a yes. model of them at yes. one point. I don't think anything more hideous ever been. First of all, why? Oh, why? Yeah. Like, I feel like Raptors, that's more treasonous than it is the like, Raptors, supporting the truth. The Raptors' defense was invisible out there today. <laughs> wow, okay. what's going on with you man <laughs> your, tw- your twitter account's been like pure bricks man. <laughs> yo i had some hits today you're just hating all right all right speaking of hating speaking of hating um damar actually was doing the exact opposite damar DeRozan was on okay. jj reddick's podcast old man and the three in this case it was the old man and the two the long two and um De- put on the line too. <laughs> See, we could we could both make dad jokes. Um, but yeah, I mean, DeMar was actually really nice. And every time he talks about Toronto, it was really nice. One thing I think it did bring up was this conversation about uh, the Raptors under DeMar, that whole era, and sort of where they kind of rank historically. Because 
DeMar was kind of phrasing it like, you know what? The Raptors pretty much only ever got stopped by LeBron. And that was the only reason holding them back. And DeMar gave quotes like, quote, damn, was I the problem? Um, and then he said, quote, nah, I wasn't the problem. We just couldn't get past one person. Uh, I mean, where do you guys stand on this? First off, um, because okay, I, feel I, feel like that's a, I feel like that's a lot to say about Dwayne Casey. Like, how are you going to be mm. that mean that that's the only person you couldn't get past? Like, <laughs> damn, man. But freaking hell, it was – I. It's a, it's a tough – he's not wrong, technically. Like, yeah, they did just only lose to LeBron. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it was LeBron, J.R. Smith, Kyle Korver, Kevin Love. Channing Fry. Channing Fry. Dante Jones. All right, not, not really Dante Jones. Get out, get out of your Dante, Dante Jones stole, stole, stole fan merchandise, <laughs> took the DTC to games, and then just punched players in the nuts. Okay? Yeah, I was going to say, like, he got it. it oh, man. No, Dante Jones was the original fair of Vapor, bro. <laughs> this guy was hopping on the King Street car. <laughs> oh. Did he actually? I think he did steal one of the um, the free jerseys or the free T-shirts that were handing out for their playoff game. But I mean, to be fair, he was getting paid eight thousand. I was going to say, get your money, run, get man. your money how you can, Dante. Like, I think his, uh, his he had a technical foul fine that was more than what he was going to make during oh the entire stretch. God, which is hilarious. LeBron yeah. had to take that for him. No, but is Demar right though? It, was it just LeBron, or was it also kind of the composition of the roster, specifically with their star player? Because I kind of feel like. Yes, the Raptors pretty much only lost to LeBron if you discount the first year with the Nets and then the second year with the Wizards. Uh, <laughs> but I also feel like the Raptors definitely struggled a lot of those moments and they yep. had real deficiencies in terms of not being able to score efficiently uh, because their primary option was refusing to shoot threes. And also he didn't really play much defense, which uh, yeah. I will always remember J.R. Smith shooting 77% from three in uh, 2018. Um but I mean, I want to hear from you guys. You know, was Demar right about this? Was it was it just LeBron, or is there some blame to go around elsewhere? I love Demar, so like, don't take this as slander. Anybody listening, um, but I just thought a lot of that showed a lack of self awareness a little bit. Here's the thing: he was right in the fact that yeah, LeBron was technically the only block beyond 2015. But this idea that like, oh, and then look, LeBron went to the West, and the Raptors ended up winning. Had you stayed, that wouldn't have happened. You guys wouldn't have gotten past the Philadelphia 76ers. The fact of the matter is the East was pretty trash when LeBron was here. So yeah, although LeBron was the only technical stumbling block, it didn't mean that the Raptors were good or would have won a championship. They might have made the finals, but they would have gotten their butts kicked by any other team because the Raptors just weren't that great. And when LeBron left, the rest of the East got much better. The Celtics got better. The Bucks got better. The Sixers got better. And the Raptors would not have been able to beat any of those teams as constructed before. They were a great regular season team, but because of DeMar DeRozan's deficiencies and the fact that like JJ Reddick was really like pushing him about like not shooting threes. And DeMar was like, I like the way they play in the eighties and like I'm a stubborn guy. And it's like, like, bro, that's your reasoning for not shooting threes, bro. And like, like, I don't shoot threes because Alex Alex English was an assistant coach when I joined. Yeah. Like that's literally, and I'm like, so to me, when I say like a little bit of lack of self-awareness, it's like part of that was that conversation and also thinking that like, well, LeBron left and look, the Raptors did it, totally discounts the fact that the East was bad the year before and got much better 
once Kawhi got here, but the Raptors were that much better because they had Kawhi Leonard, because they had Danny Green, and because they had Marcus Gasol. If it, they had DeMar and not those two, for one, OG Ananobi was hurt, so there was no way they were getting past the Philadelphia 76ers. They would have lost probably in four, if we're being honest, because who are you starting? You can't start Fred in that series. You can't start Fred. He's too small. You can't have a backcourt of Fred well, and Larry. I don't, even, I don't even think you have to who look would at you that. Start? Like, all, you have to, all you have to look would at Would you beat like, Orlando? When, Okay, we, you, come on, what are we doing? We would have beat Orlando. We would have okay, beat, like, beat Orlando in six. It would have been like That's six. a classic Raptors seven-game struggle. Yeah. Indiana Raptors, Pacers 2016 style. <laughs> with DeMar, the Raptors Miami never won. There was not a single series win that was like Convincing? Easy. All of them were just Wizards like, were not bad. Crap. Bro, we, we, we barely won that. That Wizard series, Game like, four once, was bad. once Bradley Beal was healthy, we're like, oh, crap, we're going to lose this series. <laughs> like, John Wall had to hurt his ankle for us to win that series. That's okay. really real. No, come on, man. Okay? Come on. Don't, Fred was okay. out, man. Fred was out. That's, <laughs> that's just as bad. Come on. I, no, I refuse to hear the slider for Fred? that Wizard series. We had we had the culture revamp, okay? Uh, Pascal was guarding John Wall, which I honestly, I honestly, I, I just... John Wall was just not very good in that series, period. No. But the game that was that was terrible for that series was game four. Bradley yep. Beal fouled out on some, like, BS call. A star player fouling out on his home floor, uh, down 2-1. And the Raptors only had to stop John Wall. But DeMar shot, like, 36 times in that game. <laughs> it shot, like, a, a 13 of 36 or something. And we lost that game. It and it so was tied 2-2. There's not a single playoff series in DeMar's Toronto, Toronto record mm-hmm. where you could say... He played kind of, he played pretty good that series. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, what, Wait, what, the, like, after, what? after Giannis did the DeMar stat line, like that gift <laughs> that know. we all love, after that, DeMar played pretty well in that series. He played all right in that series. Yeah, he had that dunk, okay? Mm. But he also scored seven points in a game. <laughs> <laughs> On all free throws, I think it was. Wasn't all it something crazy throws. like that? Yep. Absolutely Jesus disgusting. Christ. I love DeMar DeRozan, but like, buddy. But he shoot the three and like now nah, the Raptors were not only held back because of LeBron James. It was also because I say like DeMar DeRozan will raise your team's floor, but he also is going to put a ceiling on your team as long as he's a number one option. And it's hard to slot him anywhere else. All right, bro. Imagine Pascal just that uh, doesn't play defense. Yo, that's crazy to me, man. Like, why did <laughs> like, he play defense? Insane. Why didn't he play defense? I, I don't understand. Because he likes, because he, because <laughs> he's probably gonna like bring up a story, but like I can watch a Lakers Celtics in the game in the eighties, and I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, no, so like, like that. I, no, I was gonna say, man. Come on, first time, everyone like, in the eighties. I, I saw a Kurt Rambis highlight, and you know that's why I knocked Jordan Clarkson out of the air. <laughs> and he's oh, like, I'm stubborn. Dwayne Casey was telling me to pound the rock, and so I decided not to. Like, what was? I'm stubborn, so I'm not gonna shoot threes. That's literally your thinking. That's your reasoning. Mars hilarious. Demar's yeah, but you know what though? I still, he's so good. He could be so much better. It's he, frustrating. He really could be great, and and that's what JJ was telling him too. It was like, yo, you'd be unplayable if he shot the three, which is what we've been saying in Toronto about Demar from like, I don't know, maybe like twenty fourteen onward. And the wild part is that year we got him shooting like thirty four percent from three on like two attempts a yeah. game. And then, he got to, and then he hit Popovich. Pop was like, no, I hate the three as much as you do. That's, that's why I traded Kawhi for you. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah. No, but, you know, honestly, though, like, DeMar is like – I mean, first off, DeMar was actually just a damn good player still. I, more of a regular season player than a playoff player, but that's nothing necessarily against him. And he's still really good right now. Like, he shot, like – I think like sixty percent on two pointers yeah, this year. It's most really season. He was ridiculously good this year. A lot of clutch yep. moments as well. 
and he's just a great guy. Like he's, you know, he stayed in contact with a lot of guys. You know, he talked about how, you know, it was like admittedly hard for him to watch some of the playoffs last year because he's probably like thinking like, damn, look at them doing all this without me. But at the same time, he sort of still pulled it through, was still in contact with guys like Fred, Norm, Pascal, obviously Kyle, texting them, giving them advice and stuff. So um, he seems like the perfect superstar. Like if you're trying to build a team, like he seems like the perfect personality. Like anytime guys came in, Rudy Gay, best friend, Ed Davis, best friends, like mm. Kyle Lowry, best friends. Like I feel Sonny like Weems. Come on, Sonny man. Weems. Like, yeah. you know, um, so like I feel like he has the perfect personality for your superstar player like he is exactly what you want from a guy off the court it's just unfortunate that on the court he had some limitations that he couldn't get over because i think he would have been a superstar and like on the court like he's like he's the type of guy if you can pair him with a superstar i think like it can work where like i know he doesn't play defense i feel like if you had the right system around him you could make it work but like he can take a team that has like two young two young stars or like one superstar I don't know, like a real superstar. Like, if, he's like playing, if he was playing with an AD, I'm pretty sure he can make it work. Like, if you put him on the Minnesota Timberwolves, they could be an eight seed. If you put him on the Atlanta Hawks, they could be. I don't know, eight. man. They put they put Jimmy Butler on the Timberwolves, and they barely got to the hey, eight seed on the last day. Jimmy was injured when Jimmy played, when Jimmy played. They had yeah, a they, were they had the record of a three seed. They were destroying. Right. The Demar Rosen's not Jimmy. We just saw that in the finals. Like, there's a difference yeah, no. between so what DeMar Jimmy's made of. Just the eight seed. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing that stood out to me when I was watching the finals is just like in all these moments where the Raptors had played LeBron and there was a stretch where they lost 10 straight games in the playoffs to LeBron. That has to be a record, 10 straight. But um, in, in any of those 10 games, I wish someone on the Raptors had a game like Jimmy Butler had, even just once. Well, DeMar I mean? had that 37-point game in game three where the Raptors hit 1-3, and it was like a Corey Joseph three in the corner, the mm-hmm. one where we were close till the end of the third quarter, and then they just like, all right, we're going to run the same play for Kyle Korver four times in a row and end the game. Oh, yeah, I remember reading a Blake Murphy breakdown. That was they, game four. They that ran four? it 12 straight times. Three. That was game three. Mm. They ran the same play uh, for Kyle Korver. It was game three. We were down 2 nothing. It was the first game at home, and DeMar puts up 37 points on all twos and free throws. Mm-hmm. Doesn't hit a three. We don't hit a single three in the second half or something like that. Yeah. And just blew it. I remember because I was at that game and it was painful. Oh, okay. Tomorrow approaches basketball like uh, if, if you're playing president, but you were a bum and you just have to get, you just have to give up your nukes at the very start of every head. You're like, I'm not going to shoot any threes, but, but then he gets you to like neutral. I won't every play time. defense. I won't play shoot threes. I just, I, I could, I just can't get over that. But I mean, like you know, obviously he's a great dude. And look, there's plenty of blame to go around. I think there are a lot of times where Kyle didn't really fully come up. Um, as much as you need him to. Although I would have to say Kyle was never supposed to be the go-to score kind of guy. Like he's a secondary score. So if your primary score is not scoring well, your secondary score doing whatever doesn't really matter all that much. Name the year, Will. I have an excuse for him. Bring up the year Kyle didn't perform well. Well, you know. Uh, you mean like 2015? Don't have an excuse. No, no, back, bro. Back 20, injury. 2015 was so dark. Back so, injury. So, he had a back injury and his elbow. And a, like we saw the tennis ball on his that elbow. Was, that man. was 2016. That was 2016? Whatever. 2015, he was just fat. <laughs> 2015 was the back. Because here's the thing. DeMar DeRozan went down against Dallas that year. Kyle had to carry the team. Did a really yeah. great job of it. Wore down his body. No, he really did wear down. Got an excuse on a year. Um, no, but Ever I mean, they're, they're, weight, he's been uh, unbelievable. So He was unbe- unbelievable oh, those first two years prior to that, too. The, good, like, yes. it was the Raptors had like, were 24 and 6 or something crazy, and DeMar DeRozan missed like a million games. And then it just went down. Yo, the, the start of 2015 was so incredible in the sense that 
there was that game where we beat the Bucks by 50 points, and then Bruno <laughs> made his debut. And we had that was a, that was the first time we wore the retro jerseys, the purples. Yeah, and, yeah. And Terrence Ross and Amir Johnson were shown out in the in the first half for somebody who was courtside. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, we could say who that was. Was Amber? Was that Amber Rose or was it? Uh, oh no, no, no. The other one. Okay, all right. Yeah. No, no, we, can't <laughs> we, we can't say the other one, but you can, you can, you can find it. The story. Um, no, and then there was Lou Williams on the road beating Cleveland because he, he, he came up off the bench with like 36 His points. His career high that, up, up until that point. Yeah, that so sense. like that, the start of that year was so great. And then, and then yeah, that was disappointing. But no, but seriously, there's other people to blame. I mean, like when you, when you look back on that stuff, like it, it's a collective effort they lost together. And they ultimately turned Damar into Kawhi. Like that, that, that should be kind of a compliment. And Danny. Honestly. And Danny, who is a three-time champion now. Congratulations, Danny. <laughs> Back to back. He might be the most hated three-time champion. I don't. I don't know, man. I mean, Laker fans were killing this man. I think the biggest thing that you can say about Demar when you look back at the Raptors, like those Raptors teams before Kawhi, like this year's Raptors team was better than all of those Kyle Demar teams. Mm-hmm. I agree. Like none of those teams had more than four, th- more than two and a half guys that could play on a given night, and like none of them played defense. All right. Well, like the- looking back, we never had a five-man defensive unit ever. Never. I mean, part even of that when was, sat. Even when he sat, we never got a five man defensive. Part team. of that is we didn't have like a solid defensive big man, right? Serge was kind of that, but he, I don't know, he also wasn't kind of that to be honest. But I mean, one question I had that um, my buddy Josh uh, asked me was, do you think the Fred and Kyle backcourt this year was better than the Kyle and Demar backcourts back in the day? Ah. Uh... Not better than 2018. Not Kyle 2018. Okay. 2018 was better. 2018, yeah, Kyle and Demar. Kyle and because De- Demar was amazing. That was the yeah. year he started that- out like MJ. Yep. <laughs> MJ. MJ. Oh DeRozan. yeah, that's right. Yeah, that he was- had like nine straight games of 30 plus. Yeah, yeah. That was an insane Demar Derozan season. I think that was probably the only time where I still think Kyle was a better player. He showed it in the second half, but I think if you're looking at their entire regular season stint, you can make the argument that Demar Derozan was the better player. And I don't think you could say that for Fred this year. So there's no way. Yeah, 2018 was the first time I got tricked into thinking Demar Derozan had finally taken the leap. Like he's not going to fail in the Yo. playoffs. I'm like, this is the year. <laughs> And the Cavs were bad. Do you remember the Cavs had like Isaiah Thomas? They were trading him. They don't play defense. They don't play defense. I was buying Max Kellerman stock all over the place. (laughs) They don't play defense. No, but it was true, though. No, the craziest part was people. I remember going into uh, Cavs Pacers game seven. People were like, I was like, who do you guys want the Raptors to play in the next round? I wanted the Cavs. People were like, yo, people were like, I don't care, or I would rather have the Cavs and the Pacers because this and this. And I'm like, no, I'm rooting for the Pacers. Always. People are insane. Yeah, people are going too crazy on that, man. Um, I'll be honest, I thought we were going to beat LeBron. I thought (laughs) they'd be, though. I think I picked that rap, game one. That seven. game one Here's the thing. Is, breaks me every single time it gets brought up. That is the yeah. worst game in Raptors history. If JV tipped it in, we might, we might, but like, here's the thing though you don't get Kawhi Leonard if the Raptors get past LeBron that year because they make the finals. And you don't get Kawhi Leonard the following year. How much do you, you think, think, how much do you think we would have gotten killed by, by the Warriors plus KD <laughs> <laughs> if we went to the finals? Well, LeBron only got him. LeBron only had one competitive game against. Right? Maybe so. he had like a fifty ten and ten. Like, <laughs> oh man! All I know is Kyle Kyle's career would have been over. Oh, that was the like, JRM stuff. The fifty ten and ten. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh my god! 
And that was the same J.R. Smith that shot 77% against us. Bro, like weeks earlier, like weeks <laughs> within the same calendar month. Um, I swear Corvo sh- shot like 60-something percent too. It was and, that is, and that's why I'll never forgive all these like Bucks fans that keep crying about Fred being an outlier. Like, what are you talking about? Fred? Fred's like a good three-point shooter who shot like 58% in half a couple games on so. open threes. Jared Smith shot 77% on like fadeaway threes for <laughs> No, that was that was unbelievable. Bullshit. Um, wow, dark memories. Uh, speaking of dark memories, <clears throat> David West, uh, who I really I really like David West, man. Shout out David West. Shout out um, David West. Yeah, he's he's really informed. He's my new best friend. He doesn't know. He doesn't know it though. I, I mean, that's a great best friend to have. You know, um, had like really good like bald head look with like the goatee. Um, but anyway, David West was. Uh, appeared on um, a recent program. And Iman, you can tell us about this in a second. But uh, he was talking about how Bosch and Bargnani were about six or seven years too early and that basically would have washed the league, um, except that they were just from a different era where you can rough them up. Iman, what's the context here? Because, you know, I I really like David, but I I have to hard disagree with this one. Going to be honest. um, Okay, so this was happening on a watch party with with basketballnews.com. Uh, during a finals game and I don't even remember the lead up to that point I might have been trying to watch the game <laughs> um, but then I heard him say well Bosch and Bargnani I think they were talking about how much like MJ used to get foul or foul people and how much MJ lived at the line and just the way that the game has changed oh no they're talking about just like the way that the game has changed with um in terms of officiating right now than even six or seven years ago and David West was like, you know who's special? Bosch and Bargnani. And I heard that and I was like, what? Like the Toronto Raptors version of ba- Bargnani, like Andrea. And I like tried to push back, but he was like, no, 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 you don't get it. We were allowed to beat them up. If Bargnani played today, he like, it would, he would live at the line. He would shoot like 10 free throws a game it would just be him living at the line because we used to beat him up and we would never be allowed to get away with that today and I was just like I wanted to be like like what if he gets like switched on to like literally like I was like I was so confused but I was just like it's David West and then Ryan Holland jumps in and he was like Bargnani was the hardest player for me to guard and I'm like what <laughs> you, say, you say bro you're right Ryan- <laughs> you're Ryan Holland's <laughs> Every player was hard for you to guard. Okay, here's, here's, here's well, I'm Ryan, so Ryan you only play in garbage time. Of course, Barnaby's the best player you had to guard. None of the other players on the floor. Oh, yeah, so so Ryan Holland sh- oh, uh, chimed in with that. And I, I tweeted both of those quotes out. And it seemed like the Ryan Hollins one got a lot of slander. And I was like, poor Ryan Holland. He was just, he was just explaining his NBA career. Um, but yeah, Barnaby, apparently, like, he would have lived at the line um, and shot – and free throws a game if he played in today's NBA. That's disgusting. I, and if, if you pair him with Bosch, so it's just a modern Barnani, offense. Here's that, the thing. Even, um, even those nine games where Barnani played well enough for the, the starters to make an all-star game. Listen, there was a back-to-back Phoenix in Utah. I remember it like it was yesterday. He was special oh, in those. Okay? I was believing in Barnani after those two games. 
This man shot like 38% for his career from the field. The guy was like a 30% three-point shooter at his best. Was he like, was like, he was like, he was so serious about it. He was like, you got, and like, I'm like, is David West? Like, oh um, this is David West. This is uh, one of the best defenders. <laughs> like, if he's going to tell me that defending Bargnani today would be impossible for him, who am I to say that that wouldn't be the case. So I was like, all right, I'm going to shut up and listen. Bargnani and Bosch, you guys were six years too early. Like, even Bargnani is ashamed of his own NBA career. Like Brian Colangelo agrees. Andrea Bargnani doesn't even list former NBA basketball DJ. player amongst his 30 occupations on his Instagram. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like, doesn't exist. Listen, it was six years It was six years too early. David West says so, so I believe it with all of my heart. Um, Bargnani would have lived at the line and the Raptors would have had the best offensive efficiency if they played um, Bosch and, and Barks together. Okay, All so right. Iman, Iman's saying that David West said that Bargnani is the greatest number seven in Raptors history. I see how it is. Wow. wow. Come on, man. That's disrespectful. Shout out, shout out Bargnani for keeping Kyle from wearing the number seven when he first got here. In retrospect, that is just a hilarious thing for, for Bargnani, of all people, to be keeping Kyle from that number. Making Kyle <laughs> wear number three. Like, who the hell is number three? <laughs> Andrea, Andrea Bargnani was the face of this franchise. That he is was. Absolutely hilarious. He was, yeah. He was on Primo Pastacans. Um, <laughs> okay, you know what? I, I could, you know what? I could buy that Bargnani is hard to guard. You know, you can argue now with more spacing. You know, uh, I, I, I think that was his thing. He would probably lift his pivot foot when he pump faked and drove every single time, which he always did, and got called for a travel half the time. Um, but I can I can understand. He called for a travel because he would be a superstar in today's NBA. Oh right, that's of course, of course. Uh, he would, that would be the Barnani crab dribble. Um, <laughs> but you know, uh, it's just defensively, he was so bad for his time. And he would be incredibly worse in this modern era. He could not move his feet against anybody, man. Um, and the Raptors really like bad. consistently had one of the worst defensive ratings in the NBA when he was on the floor every single time. You just can't win like that. Like he'd be like a Kelly Olenek, maybe. Listen, listen. I don't want to have to be Stephen A. Smith. Shout out to him, happy birthday! But he has oh, small okay. hands. He can't catch the ball. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> he's got bad feet. There's not a post move that he can commit to memory. <laughs> He was a bona fide scrub. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. No, I, I actually, I didn't know there was still Barnani hype. And also the thing is, like, we can't, I don't know why we're talking about Barnani. Like, he played in the 80s for the Raptors. This man is still his current age. He's 34 years old. What? <laughs> he's, he's one year younger than Kyle Lowry, okay? It's not what? like Barnani is from ancient history, bro. He played Barnani's in the modern like NBA. <laughs> he's only 34. Barnani's- he played in the NBA in fifteen sixteen. That was when Steph Curry Yo, and the Warriors were doing stuff. Shout out to Mark Berman, by the way, for saying that. Uh, I think Barniati hit a couple threes in a oh, game, yeah, yeah. and he was like, eh, "You see, this is what happens when you great trades." Or uh, Knicks won the trade. Yeah, take he said, that Masai. Yeah, take that Masai. Take that Masai. <laughs> take that Masai, bro. Yeah, I, I just didn't know there was still Barniati hive. I, I honestly thought that uh, you know, Brian Colangelo had uh, t- taken over the. You know the broadcast. Yeah, but my the whole thing is like out of like if you had like any player that would be a part of Bargnani Hive, I would have never guessed it was David West, who's like mm-hmm. the complete antithesis of what Bargnani is. In the Bro, NBA. I would have traded Bargnani for David West in a heartbeat at any point in their career. In a minute, to like New the Orleans, fact, like, to Indiana, easy. like everywhere, man. San Antonio, <laughs> David West. <laughs> Yo, I take San Antonio, <laughs> David West. Bro. Golden State, David West. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, so no, that I, was that just surprised me. It was great. 
Uh, the, the real question I had was, which former Raptor do you think would have actually had a much better game in the in the modern NBA? Because well, for me, Matt Bonner, man, Matt Bonner would have been dominant. Yeah, he Matt was Bo- dominant. <laughs> he like was like a top player for this first like three years after he left. You know what it was though? I feel like Matt Bonner didn't have a quick release, so people could guard him. They just like people left him a lot. But it, his release was kind of like I don't know, man, kind of like you know, catapulty almost. So if you were, if it wasn't like a Duncan Robinson situation where he got like a quick release, you could shoot it anytime, fall over, get three foul calls. Um, but I was gonna pick uh, Danielle Marshall actually. I feel like Danielle would have been really good. I mean, offensive rebounds, defensively he was not terrible, especially when he was younger. I mean, his health wasn't that great, but I feel like modern players nowadays, like uh, people's health, it feels like they're getting a little bit better. And that man shot the three like crazy. Like that was. That man had, he had like nine in the game for us once. Something crazy. He had twelve. Like that. Twelve in the game. That's what it was. Him and him and Kobe held the record the for the record. longest time for most threes. <laughs> then the Golden State Warriors had to come and take that for, from him. Yeah, twice. Yeah. I know they they just bought both the Slash Brothers. Uh, I can't. I'm trying to think. It's got to be someone who shoots a lot of threes. I'm just like thinking back to like young days. I don't know anything yeah. about Tracy Murray and Del Curry besides the fact that they shot threes. I'm gonna say they're them. Anthony Parker. Remember. Anthony Parker's like my favorite Raptor. I loved AP, man. I loved AP. I'm going to say AP. Yeah, for sure. Shout out Anthony Parker. I think he's running like the Orlando Magic G League team, which is essentially like running the Orlando Magic. There's no difference in quality. So congrats to Anthony Parker. For Weltman. (laughs) Yeah, bro. We got a pick for Jeff Weltman. (laughs) Hall of Famer Chauncey. In today's era. I think Chauncey, like he would 100% be what Mm. Kyle is if he would – if he would have played a little bit later, and he Dude. was a Hall of Famer anyway, Chauncey. Yeah. Like if well, Chauncey played this year, he would someone, dominate. You can't pick someone that's a Hall of Famer. That's not fair. He's not. He would have been like. He's gonna be a Hall of Famer. But he would have been like Dame Lillard. Finals MVP. He's gonna. Be oh, no, nah, he would have been like Dame. Come on, man. What? Come on, man. You would have basically been Dame. Yo, relax. No, nah, he would have been like a Drew Holiday. Okay, Chris Bosh would have dominated in today's NBA for a lot of do that. Like, what are you saying? You can't pick Chauncey. Fair. Chris Bosch, by the way, Chris Bosch would have been fine. Like, Aaron Gray would have dominated in today's NBA. hundred percent, bro. <laughs> My favorite Aaron Gray play is still when he, when the Raptors when the Raptors tried to trap Kobe Bryant at half court, <laughs> and he <laughs> came out the trap. And Kobe moved past him like a screen door, <laughs> just like rotated around him like with ease. And hit the only the Aaron Gray play, only Aaron Gray play I remember ever. I don't remember anything else from his career. Other than me hitting a three with him in 2K from the other free throw line and ending a game that way. <laughs> what? Someone lost to me on an Aaron Gray. Oh. I like can never remember Derek Martin playing a game of basketball. But that's someone who like has been on the Raptors bench. I'm trying to think of like the randomest Raptor to pick. And I can honestly say. Oh, man. Vashawn Leonard. The original. Vashawn Leonard. The original <laughs> number two. I mean, that guy shot a lot of threes. Yeah. He was a career 43% yep. shooter. I with know. six On attempts what? per game. Six oh, no. attempts per game? Oh, my bad. That, that's that's his two-point attempts. He's actually 34%. <laughs> on, I'm sorry, 38% on 4.3. So. Okay, four, hey, six attempts, it would have been if wild. We're talking, if yeah. we're talking three-point shooters, like we got to shout out the OG Matt Thomas. Steve Jason Novak? Capono. Oh, no. <laughs> no, man. He was a signature He was a signature signing in the Bosch era. <laughs> No, man. He was, gonna it was be only good star. during All Star Weekend when you could have some hope that the Raptors would have some representation on the big stage. From three guys, he bro, shot he shot two, two a game, <laughs> two a game. Why are you <laughs> shooting two a game? Where's our coaches? I don't Starting know. shooting hard. 
Oh, man. Listen, they will turn down so many open threes, and it's like, yo, this is the only reason you're on the floor, man. You look like a gym teacher. Like, please shoot this three. <laughs> Him shooting threes like Jose's 98% free throw percentage. Oh. On like 90 something attempts. He didn't even. He didn't Why even did Jose qualify. shoot more threes? What, what was up with that? Jose just didn't he, shoot. Because he had the ball for like 16 <laughs> seconds of every Jimble, 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 Jimble. This man was the original Fred, man. Yeah, I was going to say, Fred's learned from, from Jose. <laughs> Jose uh, and Kyle suffer from the op- uh, opposite things. Jose was like, I know my teammates are garbage. And we just have to, <laughs> I have to like spoon feed them a bucket. And Kyle's just like, I believe in these guys. Just kick it up, kick it up. One more post up for Rudy game, man. He's, he's going to make the <laughs> he shot. He can do it this time. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, generally, I, I obviously, you know, and retired NBA players, stuff like that, you know, they they have obviously so much insight into the game and things like that. But I, I just, I don't know, man. I, I don't know what people are thinking with Barnani. Um, quickly before I wanted to end this podcast, uh, talking about, uh, your show, but, uh, I wanted to do two more things to go around the NBA and also to review some excerpts from Nick Nurse, uh, Nick Nurse's uh, book, which has now come out and you could buy it wherever you buy books nowadays. Um, but let's go around the NBA first. Um, Clippers hire Ty Lue and Chauncey Billups, uh, to form their coaching staff. Uh, is it a concern to you that their best point guards are also their coaches? <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea that they did. They do this today. Twitter was down, so I had no idea. Twitter was down, but uh, yes, not they, even their best point guard. Their best PGs are on their bench, bro. Oh, wow! <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> uh, no, I'm I'm happy for Ty Lue, though. I mean, I feel like he gets a lot of flack, but I really do think he's a, a decent coach. Yeah. Is, if he is he going to turn that thing around? I, I probably not. Um, you think oh, you think Jeremy Castleberry survives a coaching change or no? Oh, 100%. 100%. Jeremy Castleberry, honestly, he probably should have been the option to go with there. Uh, it's a shame I thought, that he I thought they would give him the opportunity. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he has an option for next year. So see where he goes. <laughs> you think, do you think Kawhi brings up, do you think Kawhi brings Jeremy into the meeting or he just like says, like, oh, by the way, I need one more thing in addition to uh, <laughs> these off the table benefits? Let me also get, <laughs> I need Jeremy on the. No, he doesn't even bring it up. Jeremy just shows up. Yeah, you just just come into work one day and you're just like, wait, what? <laughs> it's the first day of camp, and Kawhi just like, hey, uh, so this is our assistant coach, Jeremy. It's like, wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> they're like, uh, yeah, Rex Kalamian, you gotta go, buddy. Uh, we just we don't have enough seats. Um, <laughs> elsewhere, the Sixers have hired Doc Rivers, who have added uh, Dave Yeager as his lead assistant. Um, do you think this will get Ben Simmons to actually shoot a three or not? Or do you think they honestly do you think they hired Dave Yeager because Dave Yeager used to manage the Grizzlies? Who also had a bunch of power forwards? <laughs> You've had experience with this. Go. Honestly, oh. it's uh, it's hilarious to me that the Sixers think they can fix stuff by changing their coaching. Like their coaching was the issue two years ago. This past year, they have four. Like they have a team of power forwards. Like they're basically the Knicks with personality. It's hilarious team roster. They aren't changing any of that. So like, unless their roster changes, I don't know what the hell. Also. Does anybody know what Doc Rivers' coaching philosophy actually is? Like he's Ubuntu, man. He's not like he's not really an X and O's <laughs> guy. He's not. He doesn't do player development. Um, like he just he like gets guys know. to play hard. Let like, him live. Does he have a defensive philosophy? Does he have an offensive philosophy? Like I don't. Tibbs on his roster because then he does have a defensive philosophy. Oh eight Celtics, never forget. Um, I here's the, like it's Elton Brand just trying to blame other people for the mistakes that he's made like this is not going to do anything they're still going to be a very flawed team because they're been built terribly and 
a coaching change is not going to do that. Brett Brown, like you said, is, wasn't the problem. So Doc Rivers is going to take a lot of heat, which he's, which he does a, a lot of the times, but he, he never, he never, you never, Doc is going to stay booked. He's going to stay busy. He's going to find another coaching job. I just, this is not going to work. And hopefully like Elton Brand takes the hit for it because who that roster. Yeah. yeah all, all, all you know is Doc's going to be the GM of the Sixers in like a year. Don't do that. Like honestly, Philadelphia, please don't do that. But I think the one thing to take in is if you're the Raptors, you should really look at Philadelphia's situation and be like, hey, they were like, you know, a little bit of luck away from winning the Eastern Conference semifinals in the game seven. And then they decided to, instead of running it back, change their entire roster up. I say Raptors, like if you're looking at the Raptors, you just run it right back because honestly, the East is just as open as it was last year. There's still a chance of making a finals run. There's really no like dominant, dominant team left. And you're not really losing much if all you lose is Marcus All and you have internal growth. So... I didn't realize they let like JJ wanted to return. That's insane to me that they were like <laughs> their roster no. left because they were like Jimmy, we don't like you. That's yeah, you literally need to be managed. Like what? Like I can't. They literally shot themselves in the foot. They would have been the best team in the East, bar none. Oh, yeah, it yeah. would have been them in the finals, and I think they could have won it all had they just kept everything together. We saw what Jimmy Butler did on yeah. um, an injured, not as good Heat team. Can you imagine if they were in the finals? Like they would have yeah. won it all this year. Joel but... Embiid as a teammate, bro. You have Joel no. Embiid and like a healthy Joel Embiid. Hopefully, healthy. hopefully with like some Pepto Bismol versus Anthony Davis. You know, like as much as I instead, enjoy instead, Bam, that instead, size is huge. And instead, Joel Embiid's getting swept by the Celtics because his his best point guard is Shake Milton. No, his best point guard was <laughs> Al Horford. I still can't. I still remember Game Three in that first round series between the Sixers and the Celtics this year. The the score was like the Celtics had just taken the lead and they were up one and there was like less than a minute left. The Sixers had the ball and the play they were running was Al Horford running pick and roll with Joel Embiid at the free throw line. Like the you know that you know that um that Rondé Hollis Jefferson play yeah. where Kyle Lowry screams <laughs> The Kyle Lowry takes a charge <laughs> at the restricted <laughs> circle. <laughs> Rondé drives it. That's what they were running with Al Horford instead. And they turned the ball over and they, and they lost. Um, I remember that. Yeah, so that that's a, that's a tough situation, Doc. I, I just wish you know he took a year off just to uh, recover from this, but no, this is not going to work. Um, Should have just gone close to So they're taking the Houston job. I don't know about that. Man. I mean, Austin could have gotten to get to know each other. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, that's why he wasn't taking the Houston job. Um, <laughs> the next. Daryl Morey uh, has walked away from the Rockets. Um, do you think a fire sale is coming? And uh, if so, um, who do you want from the uh, the Houston Rockets, who are obviously capped out, and uh, they have one of the, the brokest billionaires uh, ever? Can we just make fun of the fact that Daryl Morey in 2012 traded away Goran Dragic and Kyle Lowry to get younger, and in the last two years, both of those guys have made the finals and won a championship, two things that the Houston Rockets have not done under him. Mm. So that's just really funny to me that, like, eight years later, <laughs> they're still that? young enough to do it, and the Rockets are the Rockets, so. That's that's regression for you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Be more, the more, the more I hear it, the less I like it. <laughs> uh, you know, I can't hit on that. That's actually pretty good. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, you guys don't want PJ Tucker again? What's going on, bro? Man, I, Houston, 
deciding that they're just going to be like, yo, we'll shoot more threes. What's our solution? More threes. <laughs> yo, <there laughs> are more nothing threes. Else. Their, entire, their entire big brain scream is more threes. We want every guy to play the exact same and shoot more threes. <laughs> Do we need skill for basketball? No, just shoot. Catch and shoot the ball. Yeah. No, that was crazy. They left them in such a, like a, they traded, they traded away everything mm-hmm. or Russ then traded away Clint Capella, and now they're stuck with this ridiculous team, and he's gone. Yo, he just <laughs> left. He's just like, yo, no, good luck no. with no picks anymore. And I, like, Real privilege is being able to quit your job instead of getting yeah. fired after that because he gave up Chris Paul, two first-round picks, and then two pick swaps, first-round pick swaps uh, for Russell Westbrook, who makes $47 million in 2023. <laughs> And it's not even that bad that like he like he he like left a giant paycheck for his boss to pay. He also lost his boss a ton of revenue at the from the get go. <laughs> Yo, seriously, still didn't get fired. He still he literally had Tillman Fertitta complaining to Donald Trump about the contracts on the roster. Fertitta was like, "I'm paying these two guys this much money. They're both over thirty. Like, Damn. he literally has uh his boss wild." The Houston Rockets are an insane team. Yeah, it's uh, Daryl Moore. Daryl Moore is talking about point for possession. He's like PPP, and Tillman Fertitta is just like, "Yo, give me a PPE loan, man, please." <laughs> oh man! Wow, counting uh, humor. Um. Yeah. No, they were taking sixty threes a game in the playoffs. That's uh, pretty embarrassing. And <laughs> in that Lakers series, they just gave up. Like so many times, they just gave up. Bro, how does your entire season end because Daniel House got a little horny? Like that's, <laughs> their entire series, their entire season came to an end because Daniel was just like, I can't wait anymore. <laughs> well, you didn't have to call this man Daniel, man. Come on, <laughs> even though that is how it's spelled. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I can't believe they lost to the Warriors that year. Like, okay, everyone was talking about the Raptors asterisk championship. Mm. The Rockets lost to that same team. Literally oh. lost to that same team. Couldn't do. Steph had zero points in the, first in the half. whole <laughs> half, <laughs> and then beat you with thirty three in the second half. No, that that's disgusting. It doesn't fly. It's not the Chris Paul injury. It's not that they didn't get along. It's just that the Rockets are frauds. Like they they are Chris- the exact definition of frauds. Chris Paul is literally looking from the bench. Like Chris Paul this year is like, bro, I got Lou Dort hitting threes. You guys couldn't Yo. hit one three. Yo, James James Harden. James Harden after blocking Lou Dort was like LeBron after blocking Andre Godala being like, that's the biggest play of my career. They said I'd never defend. See, I blocked Lou Dort one time. That's the great Lou Dort. Uh, shout out Lou Dort, man. He's moving up on my Canadians in the NBA power rankings. Chris Ball literally said, yo, give me any four guys and I'll take the Rockets. <laughs> yeah, <so that's> <laughs> As long as you give me one legitimate center. No, but seriously, though, seriously. Daryl Morey has left a huge mess in Houston. Um, yeah. But uh, in terms of guys I'd want, I mean, I mean, I guess. They have a lot of 3 and D guys, technically. But, um, I mean, I guess Robert Covington. But uh, you kind of have OG. like Unless, like, okay, would you want James Harden? It, it, you know, like that big contract. You know, uh, everything else. Look, I don't want yeah. I don't, I don't want anybody on my team that's called the best player in basketball uh unskilled. <laughs> like, anyone who's out on, on yeah. anyone who's on tape saying, you know, there's no skill in being seven feet and just running and dunking the whole time. You know, what I do takes skill. I don't want that guy on my team. <laughs> no, we let's give let's give James Harden a real a real president to work with. Let's give him a sigh. Let's do it. Mm. Oh, 
win a couple ones. You don't have you like I said, you can't use loonies and toonies at the establishments that he likes to um, you know, um mm. patron. So I feel like I feel problem. like you got a nice well rested James Harden every night. It'll be fine. <laughs> James James, Harden. Honestly, James, I, I really want to see what James Harden does with Canadian money. The, pl- the plastic Harden, Canadian money. It just James Harden taking the morning flight from Porter Airlines every morning from Montreal <laughs> direct. <laughs> oh, to get the Island Airport. Nah, man, covered. this man's gonna have a new load management scheme. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. So that that's around the NBA. I mean, it, it's. I feel like a lot's going on, even though we have no idea when next season is going to start. They just extended the CBA talks, and um, who knows? Uh, hopefully, they play soon because uh, you know some people actually work in this industry. Um, we're going to talk about pick and roll with it, uh, your new show. But uh, before we get there, we have to. I'm going to share some Nick Nurse uh, book excerpts. So this is his new book. If you're watching on YouTube, it's uh, Rapture. 15 teams, four countries, one NBA championship, and how to find a win, a way to win damn near anywhere. Uh, it is quite possibly the longest title of a book I've ever seen. But, uh, you know, it's actually not that long of a book. It's a really nice, easy read. Probably will take you like, you know, four or five hours. But there's some nice little excerpts. I'm going to share some of those with you guys and, and get your reaction. First one actually is a little bit relevant. Um, so Nick was talking about sort of, look, you have to be realistic with players, right? You have to manage personalities. It's a big part of the job. And he was talking about how, look, he has to be blunt sometimes and tell people the truth. So he said, quote, I've had to talk with a couple of Raptor players, former high draft picks, still in their mid-20s, who had already been traded a couple of times and was fading. And quickly, I told him, look, you're inefficient. You take too many difficult shots, commit way too many turnovers, and you don't produce enough good stuff on the other side of the ledger. If you don't do what I want, you're going you're not going to play and i don't know what's going to happen to your career after that end quote um who do you think that was and also wow what <laughs> what an honest assessment that hurt my feelings jesus and, and he wrote it in his book so um which player do you think it was so it was a high draft pick and uh he's in his mid-20s and uh they've been traded a couple times i feel like this is pretty obvious so and that was Nick Nurse as a head coach or assistant? Do we know? Head coach. No idea. And and this is on the Raptors. He was a head coach. Yeah. So it has to be in the last two years. Yeah. Oh my god. Um. I, okay. You know what? I have two. Hard. I have two, I have two suspects. Yeah. I have, I have yeah. two suspects. One. Where was um, he drafted? Maybe Jeremy Lin. Now he wasn't drafted high, but. You know, whatever. Uh, he broke in and he didn't Oh, play. Stanley has to be. Then, I was going to say Stanley, Stanley Johnson. Was, yeah. I was like looking up because I was like, Stanley has to have been a high draft pick, but I don't remember. Yeah, Stanley was the number four pick. I was thinking it might be Chris Boucher, but then I'm like, Chris Boucher was like undrafted, right? He's undrafted. Yeah. yeah, so it had to be Stanley, I'm assuming. Yeah. Which is just like so I mean, mean. I feel like Nick could have hid the identity a little bit better. You know, he could have just said like, I had a, a former player. Let's <laughs> say a former Raptors player or anything like that. But um. <laughs> I mean, yo, he said to his face, look, you're inefficient. You take too many difficult shots, commit way too many turnovers, <laughs> and you don't play defense. <laughs> Shout out to Stanley Johnson ripping the nets on you. And, or was that? No, it was the Sixers. Stanley Johnson versus the Sixers will always oh, go down as one of the biggest games in Raptors history. Legendary moment, man. People forget that he set up DeWan Hernandez for an open floater, but uh, he got blocked. But he had, he had the presence of mind to follow up the play. You know. Also, just to go back to like how far the Raptors have come, it's hilarious that um, there's a DeMar DeRozan game winner against Orlando um, that happened in like 2010, 2011. Yeah, 20- when he threw up the signs. And, 
And it was like the first game winner that the Raptors had in like over three or four years. I remember that. It was one. like oh absolutely obscene. It, like that's how that's how low the Raptors was. We didn't have a game. Winner. 2013, I think it was. It, like it was ages. Yo, well, it was that Rudy, Rudy Gay hit a couple of three. Oh, that was yeah. That was that, that was, was the season, season after. Oh, okay, season right, after. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, that was. I remember that season because like that was probably the darkest year in Raptors history because you like you started to believe in this team because it's like Kyle's first year it's like Bargnani had that 21 game last year he's gonna be special and like uh, it, it was 12 <laughs> it, was thir- it was 13 I think <laughs> Not Barnes, even 20. I, was, I was trying to help you I was trying to help you here um and like you started to believe in this team and I remember it was like they had it was the one where George Hill hit a game winner on them opening night um, Al Jefferson hit a three point. Do you remember that when he hit? He literally hit a three because the Raptors didn't uh. foul up three, and it went to like double overtime. He lost. There was one where um, um, Barnani was playing in overtime over at Davis against the Spurs, and the Raptors lost. There was the one where Bargs hit the game winner against uh, the Charlotte Hornets or Bobcats. I forget what they were at the time. Bobcats. And do you remember it didn't count? Yeah, remember yep. how it didn't yep. count? They waved that off, and it and it should have went in. There was like it was oh um, game after game after game that came down to the wire, and the Raptors kept losing at the last minute. So when they finally pulled it out against Orlando, I was just like, <laughs> like that's how I remember it. It's a it was a dark year. God damn it! What a horrible team. And now so we're the bad. champs. What a great. And now we're the champs, so man. Like, so I don't want to remember anything before no, 2019. No. Like you I'm know sure what? it happened, but I don't care. That right it didn't there happen. is. That hey, right Amir, there is Amir, re-signed Fred, re-signed Serge. Oh, yeah, that's he the said, same year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't – you think that they're going to keep Serge? As long as everyone gets signed to, like, tradable contracts, just keep keep your players. If you need to move them later on, you can because they're good players and they're signed <laughs> to Rockets reasonable contracts. Rockets fans were, like, trying Trump, to talk about there's it. So many like... Western, there's so many Western Conference teams that can trick themselves into saying they're one piece away. Yo, like, the Rockets are probably being like, okay, we have we have Russ, we have... Arden. Yeah, I was going to say, if like, Darren Moore surged... is just copying off of Sam Presti. Like, what is this? I'm pretty sure they had Tavo Sufflewish at some point. They had Tavo, yeah. They got to the get Rocky. Derek, Derek Fisher. Like, we can't draft, so we're just going to, like copy other people's drafts this is like watching sam presti a little close oh my god no he's he was he literally gave them all his draft picks and was like sam (laughs) just pick the players for me i'm gonna trade them for future picks six years i'll take them back (laughs) oh man they're more i mean like yeah he did some good things but like he's just really overrated man i just hate like the regression to the mean like you just became the enemy i'm glad that your team is 27 threes in a in a game that's I've never seen people give so, someone so much credit for losing as much as they did for Daryl. They're like, oh, man, everyone was tanking in the year the Warriors were great, except like the, for the, the Rockets. The, the, the DeMar DeRozan of GMs out here getting so much credit. Like, geez, man. No, but seriously, though, he, he, it's just, yeah. Um, other excerpts. Uh, so this one is not quoted, but uh, Nick wrote about how he came to the Raptors. And it turns out it was actually Brian Colangelo in the 2012-2013 season, 2013, Nick Nurse was coaching at Rio Grande Valley in the G League, uh, in the D League at, at the time. And Colangelo sent scouts from the Raptors to like watch him for a month straight and then approached him with an offer to be an assistant. And of course, Nick said yes. The problem was that um, about like, I don't know, a day or two later, Brian Colangelo was replaced by, <laughs> by Masai Ujiri, uh, obviously. And Masai kind of cleaned house and pretty much fired everyone. Now, Masai did keep Dwayne Casey. And Dwayne told him about, like, look, we have this deal with, with Nick Nurse. We should honor it. But uh, apparently, it was Masai was like, all right, everyone gets one-year deals. 
you either win this year or you're all out. And um, yeah, they they obviously turned it around. So shout out Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan and that uh, We the North year for turning around the whole franchise. Save Nick, oddly. I didn't even know that. But um, He's yeah. save Nick, which is like, oh. <laughs> I, I know, which is a little awkward, but uh, I, I actually appreciate Nick for putting that in the book um, just to yeah. show credit where it's absolutely due. But anyway, do you think this is uh, Brian Colangelo's team after all? I mean, Kyle, Masai, and Nick, apparently and all Nick, come uh, on. those are the three biggest parts of this team. Those are all Brian Colangelo guys. He drafted Barniani, who was traded for Jakob Pertl, who was traded for Kawhi. So, you know. If you can, you can, <laughs> no, time out. Terrence Davis, or, or Terrence Ross was drafted by Brian Colangelo, who was traded. Traded for Ivanka. So, like, no, if we're going that far, if we're going on, that man. far, no. But, I mean, he did break Masai Ujiri in first. You know what I mean? Yep. He did trade for Kyle Lowry. And apparently he's the reason Nick Nurse is here. So, those main three, at the very least, I'll give him credit for. And those yep. are the main three it's a normal that's a normal size caller man that that is a completely normal size caller and brian colangelo you know you should get his due oh man yeah no, i he was subsidizing like all the clothing brands here in toronto we don't have a yo then why do you think international clothier shut down man <laughs> <laughs> that store in heartland was oh, was it had goodness. a they had a going out of business sale every single year for seven years running <laughs> then magically, <laughs> magically, we get rid of Brian Colangelo and the store goes under. I'm just saying, all right? Yo, man. If we ever saw Brian Colangelo in Echo, Echo Clothing, <laughs> then, then we know for sure that was. He, was, he was at International Clothiers getting a two-for-one sweaters for $20. Which, by the way, if you're a new immigrant to the country, like that is an absolute lifesaver because, uh, you know, there's no way we can walk into like Sherway Garden and buy like I don't know, man. Hudson Bay clothing. Like, that's ridiculous. It's like $100 for a sweater. I can't do that. I can't even do that now. Um, Brian Colangelo would have never traded for Kawhi. Like, Brian Colangelo's whole thing was like, this is Canada. He had a chance to draft Kawhi and he didn't do it. Nope. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) That is a good point. But he's like, his whole thing was, who did he draft? That was Jonas, right? Like, that's his whole thing was like, these Canadians, they're far away. These Americans don't like them. I'm going to try to fill this team with a bunch of Europeans and... It didn't work. Whereas Masai Jiri's like, who cares that you're Canada? Believe in yourself. We're going to get these Americans and they're going to love it here. Very different philosophies. This seems all Masai. He was 15 years too early, man. Like, he would have 100% drafted Jokic for the second pick in the draft. He would have. Oh, yeah. oh no, he would have. That would have been the number one overall yeah. pick. I'll say that. But he also would have traded for Al Horford and Tobias Harris. Funny enough. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, we, we forgot oh, he would have too, so. Yeah. Oh my God, Tobias Harris would have been a Raptor if he were here. A hundred percent. Markeith Morris, hundred percent would have been our starting power forward. Not oh, even. hundred percent. I'm so amazed he never ended up getting Ursula Yasova, man. Because I, I, I felt yeah, like that was just a perfect Brian Colangelo player. That is uh, a perfect Brian. Colangelo. Why do you need him when you have Linus Clayza, man? <laughs> oh my goodness, Linz, uh, Yo, Colangelo yeah. getting another job and a high-profile <laughs> job in Philly. <laughs> Like nepotism. You should have got like a Detroit Pistons <laughs> job or something. Nepotism. <laughs> Lidis, never was one of the funniest players. I remember the big story around him was that he only plays game plays well on national TV games because that's yeah. the only games that broadcast back in his home country. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that was the reason, but I remember being like, he shows up in the big time. He his whole thing was like, you know, we're bringing in Jonas. He needs someone to. That meant one hundred percent smoke during halftime, bro. Th- 
that I had never seen a player with more confidence relative to like how little actual ability he had. <laughs> like he, he would take difficult shots all the time. Like he was like if we if we had played this year's version of Stanley, thirty minutes a game. <laughs> Shout out Stanley. I really believe in Stanley next year, but um it's it's unfortunate Nick Nurse had to slander him in his book. Uh, speaking of Nick Nurse's book, Nick also told a story about how he uh, manufactured and created his own basketball called the Nick Nurse Pill, which w- had like you know red and white on the outside of the curved lines and then kind of a straight line through the middle of the ball to sort of help guide your hand as you're shooting. Uh, apparently, he gave a version of this ball to Pascal Siakam uh, in 2017 when Pascal was like, "Yo, I need to." improve like what can i do and nick nurse taught him how to shoot which is really sweet um this ball is apparently still on ebay so my question is do you think doc rivers will buy one of these nick nurse pills for ben simmons or not why didn't nick nurse buy it for pascal siakam this summer what was (laughs) happening you have a pill for this and you didn't use it what saving it for ben simmons absolutely not no nick nurse was really peddling like nick nurse's story is incredible man he was like in a g league game and handing out flyers like aau game and just like slapping flyers onto like people's like parents' hands being like, yo, I could teach your kids how to shoot with this basketball. Like if Nick Nurse was pulling up to you in like 2010 with that pitch, uh, you would think he was insane. And now and he's did you NBA see champion. how he used to dress? Like he, he still dresses like I mean the man loves his colors. But did you see like those old yeah. pictures of him in the G League? I would have been terrified. No, he that he was definitely international clothiers, let me tell you. <laughs> Nick Nurse was the first YouTube e-commerce guru. <laughs> Like he's just preloading the ad. Like, let me teach you how to shoot. Yo, he was literally Coach Nick before Coach Nick on B-ball breakdown. Man. Nick Nurse's suits all look like what I'm wearing and what uh, us is wearing right now too. Just all those That's colors. Hilarious. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, shout, shout out Nick Nurse. A great book. Honestly, a fantastic story. There's a story about him like playing basketball with uh, or coaching Dennis Rodman randomly in England. Um, lots of random England stories, you know get to hear about what makes the Belgian league unique, all sorts of stuff, but it's also some pretty good behind the scenes stuff. So um, plug in Nick Nurse's book, Rapture uh, and 15 teams, four countries, one NBA championship and how to find a way to win damn near anywhere else. Um, last thing I want to plug in the show, uh, the pick and roll with it. Uh, it's a new show featuring you to please tell me about what's going on. Uh, I'm watching it. There's a timer. You guys are like arguing and bickering throughout all of it. They're celebrating. There's a lot of energy. There's a lot of people online participating. What is this show you guys are doing? I'll let you go. It's basically the concept of the show. It's uh, like it's meant for Twitter. Um, It's live on Twitter. And it's basically an NBA style debate game show. So both of us, we like to argue. So we have a set couple of topics that we have before the before the day. Uh, but then on the day, we don't know what side we're going to argue on that topic. So we roll a dice before every topic. It decides for us what we have to argue. And then we argue it. And then the fans kind of decide by their votes who won each topic and who wins each game. Uh, so, you know, that way it kind of keeps it fresh, keeps it going. Um, and we get to argue a ton, which is awesome. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. This is how I imagine a first take, first take production meetings go. Just <laughs> Max, Max Hellerman and Stephen A. Smith are like, <laughs> All right. <laughs> you were going to defend Andre Gudala for the last shot. <laughs> like, like, that's, yeah. But we, um, like, understand that we're being ridiculous, whereas they pretend that they don't know that they're being ridiculous. Yeah, it's a, it's a really fun show. Um, when, so when are you guys going up with the show? Like, what time? Is it weekly? What's going on? It is, it is weekly, so it's Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Okay. Um, 
that is our set time. However, we are flexible sometimes. Uh, but we always, you know, will we'll address or we'll, we'll announce when the show is going to be. Um, and you can always watch it after the fact. So it is a live show. And we do like the sort of live commentary that happens because it's super interactive and like really fun. Um, but there will be a video that's always posted afterwards. And you can still vote afterwards for each of the topics to see who uh, defended their take the best. So basically what we're doing next week's special episode uh, is a tag team edition. We're going to have two special guests. Um, each one, I'm going to pick one. Iman's going to pick the other. Um, and we're going to duke it out, taking turns, um, arguing the topics. Um, also, we're going to try to go live on not only Twitter, but also YouTube at the same time mm. um, and have all the comments. Again, we respond to all the comments live. We put your comments on screen. Um, and the whole point is just try to create an interactive community for Raptor Twitter to kind of have a little bit of fun. Um, and we talk, we argue about all different types of topics. So we'll argue, you know, real NBA topics, like who should start, like who's the, what are, what do you, what's the better strategy to stuff better like, coach. yeah, to stuff like, um, who would you rather have backing you up in a fight? Um, Alex Caruso or, uh, Duncan Robinson. I love so, that one. Yeah. Um, or, you know, who stuff would you like, rather have, who would you rather have Will Duncan Robinson or Alex Caruso? Um, I'd rather have Duncan Robinson because mm. you can just run away and people are just going to beat up Duncan Robinson. <laughs> he, he just looks like a victim. And, uh, you know, Alex Caruso might try to fight and you might have to stick around and back him up. Like, no, I feel no ways about ditching Duncan Robinson. So <laughs> he, he, he's like, if you're in the forest with a bear and yeah. who would you want to be with? Like, I don't want to <laughs> be with like a park ranger or whatever. I'd rather be with someone who like is like a fast asleep or something. And I'm just going to dip and they're going to find the guy. So. That's fair. That's fair. We also argued, uh, which started, started a, a, a civil war, not really on dishes and dimes of if it's necessary to have a driver's license, um, you know, because um, I, I do not have a driver's license and um, that has been a hot topic of debate, but here's the thing. Dishes and dimes, 50% of us don't have driver's license. So, you know, it's just a thing. Well, shamelessness. I, uh, Showing up to the club with your passport. That's, that's bro. That there's all a right, health card, okay? <laughs> okay, all right. Iman. First off, there's a photo card. Are you sure? That's so card? much work. I have a health card. I need it for other things. Show what if I need a photo card? card? I show my I show my health card. Got I, my OHIP number. I, I also don't drive. This is the thing. Is just if you live in the city or if you live in the suburbs. If you live in the suburbs, you absolutely have to drive. <laughs> we live in the city. We don't have to drive. That's it. But it's not even about not having to drive. It's like, you should just have a driver's license. It's like, regardless, like you don't have to be driving or have a car, but like just having the licensed ability to drive a car if need be. <laughs> no, because then you're like going to be asked to do things. And now I could just be like, no, sorry, I can't drive out there. <laughs> Bro, do you know how fun it is to go to like Algonquin Park or like Dobermory or like Ottawa or Montreal and never have to drive? Like, never having to. It's so nice. <laughs> always being the passenger. Uh, just chilling great. there. You got to pay for gas. Despicable <laughs> <laughs> behavior. I can't uh, um, All right. Yeah, no, seriously, though. Check out Pick and Roll with it. Um, you guys are two of my favorite uh, NBA Raptors personalities. And um, yeah, you guys have a good chemistry, uh, especially with the bickering. So um, watch the show. I don't, I don't have to say that in a negative way. I really enjoy bickering. You guys remind me of my grandma and grandpa, you know, like they're just always <laughs> arguing random stuff. First all of all, the first part was like, you know, it's okay. It's fair to say you're like, you know, I didn't mean it in a negative way. And then you're like, you remind me of, yeah. Okay. Your yeah. grandma and your grandpa. They're like, they're like 80 that. years old. They're yelling at each other about how to put on sweaters. Like it's, it's, it's great. Um, 
anyway, I uh, appreciate you two for coming on the show. Um, is there anything else you guys would like to plug? Dishes and Dimes. Dishes and Dimes. I have a new episode out on Dishes and Dimes. If I can plug it, it's on the Patreon. It is a long form that took me a lot of research and time to do. It is Ooh. a story of Bison Dele, which um, I'm going to start doing a lot of true crime NBA podcasts. So for those of you guys who don't know, Bison Dele has this mysterious story. And I cover all of it with Sidra, who didn't hear the story, never knew the story, didn't know anything about Bison Dele. So I just kind of go through the story with her and she reacts the same way any audience would. And it's really fun. Um, and I've got some other uh, ones I'm working on currently. Wow. Released over the off season, yeah. That's that's really creative. Yeah, I mean, I love true crime podcasts, so it's yeah. easy. It was an easy blend there. Fair enough. Asad, what are, what are you saying? I any any no no accounting advice? Nothing. Nothing. There's nothing. Not even a busy about. season. Yeah. Nah, man. It's yeah. right now is the only time that I have time off, so it's going to be nice and nice and snooze fest. Wow. All right. Well, uh, I appreciate you guys taking time to come on the pod, as always. And um, yeah, listeners, I'll be back with uh, more Raptors Over Everything. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.